Hello, wise woman, and welcome to this week's episode of Woman Wellness. This is a show all about natural health and holistic wellness. I'm your host, Wanga Hanyani, helping you to take control of your life, transform your health, and become the best version of yourself. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode 5 of the Woman Wellness Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the natural health approach to hormone balance. This is my favorite part. We start to put the power back into your hands. You can start to take care of your health more naturally, more safely, without having to take too many medications that leave you with undesirable side effects. So the natural health approach essentially is to help your body perform optimally. Help your body carry out the processes that it normally does, but just making sure that those processes are working efficiently. So this is in four steps. Detox, which is opening up your elimination pathways, making sure that your exit points are working efficiently. There's no inflammation or congestion. Second one is diet, using food as medicine, using the same foods that we eat every day, but in a more specific way to start to bring healing to your body. Number three, herbs, botanical medicine. So using herbs to help speed up a process or to help improve the processes of detoxification or improve the processes that are sluggish in the body and even calm down some overstimulated processes in the body. And fourth is lifestyle. This is where stress management comes in. This is where exercise comes in. This is where self-care comes in. This is where emotional wellness comes in, your lifestyle habits. Over the next four episodes, this is what we'll be talking about. Today, we're focusing on the first step, detoxification. What is detoxification? Detoxification is not something that you do over a two-day challenge or a four-day challenge or a 14-day challenge. It's a lifestyle change. It's a lifestyle habit that you incorporate in your everyday life to help your body recover and regenerate. When it comes to detoxification, your body does this every single second you are alive. When you sneeze, you're detoxing. When you breathe, you're detoxing. When you sweat, you're detoxing. When you eliminate, you're detoxing. Your body is doing it all the time. So it's not something that happens, you know, when you eat a specific thing or when you drink a specific thing. It's something that is happening constantly. But by eating a certain way or living a certain way, you're improving those processes of detoxification. Disease in the body, or what we say disease now, but disease in the body is a result of toxicity, acidosis, or tissue weakness or failure in the body. And this can be caused by a number of reasons. What detoxification does is it removes inflammation and toxins out of the body to make sure that you stay in a state of homeostasis. And this is the starting point of healing, detoxification. When it comes to hormone balance, detoxification is vital. And like I said, the point of detoxification is to remove inflammation and toxins, obstructions, irritants, excess mucus, heavy metals, chemicals, pesticides, all of that. This is what detoxification does. And this involves opening up your elimination pathways. And this is your lung, your lymph, your liver, your colon, your kidney, and your skin. And each of these have a connection to hormone balance. And that's what we'll be talking about today. 
the importance of making sure that your exit points are working properly, that there's no congestion or inflammation in there and starting to open up those pathways if there's inflammation or congestion. So let's start with the lungs. The main function of the lungs is to expel carbon dioxide and inhale oxygen. They also work to clean out mucus and toxins from our respiratory system. Studies have actually shown that where there's a thyroid issue, an adrenal issue, or a reproductive issue, there may be a corresponding respiratory condition. For example, in hyperthyroidism, there's a tendency to develop obstructive central sleep apnea, ventilation disorder, or pleurofusion, which is a buildup of liquid in the lungs. People who have goiters may have shortness of breath, wheezing, coughing, and trouble breathing. And if you remember, if it's thyroid, adrenals, or reproductive, that's all hormones. So let's look at just the adrenal glands, for example. Your adrenal glands play a very vital role in the way your, your lungs spasm to take in air and expel air. Wherever there's mention of adrenals, you can't ignore that there's a hypothalamus and a pituitary link to it because remember there's an HPA axis. An HPA axis is what is responsible for your fight or flight. Now Cushing syndrome, which is a condition where there's too much cortisol in the body, it's also known as hypercortisolism. Cortisol is the stress hormone. So being in a state of hypercortisolism predisposes people to pulmonary infections like pneumocytis pneumonia, or mycobacterium tuberculosis. So having too much of the stress hormone in the body can lead to a pulmonary infection. Another thing that your adrenal glands make are our sex hormones. They make the precursor that is needed to make estrogen and progesterone. Asthma is a good example of where there might be a link between lung issues or lung congestion and hormonal issues because asthma has been linked to hormonal fluctuations. For example, before puberty, the ratio of boys to girls who have asthma is 2 to 1. During puberty, that number changes to 1 is to 1. And after puberty, asthma becomes more prevalent in girls. And in fact, asthma has actually been linked to the key stages in a woman's life, like menopause, like menarche, which is the beginning of a period. So there is definitely a correlation between our lung health and our hormonal health. And if you as a woman have some sort of menstrual disorders or hormonal issues and are also experiencing respiratory issues, it's good to just have a look at both of them together. So for example, if there's a lung issue, then using something like a herbal antispasmodic, which in the case of asthma actually works better than inhaler. It not only opens up the pathways for you to be able to breathe, but it also helps you expectorate, which is to remove and eliminate the toxins and the excess mucus. Whereas inhalers only open up the way, but they actually inhibit expectoration processes. Again, disclaimer, please do not come off your medication before you talk to a healthcare practitioner. Next one is the lymph system. The lymph system is like your septic system. It helps to remove waste from the body and it works very closely with the blood flow. Blood carries nutrition to your cells and the lymph system carries the waste out of your cells. The lymph system also plays a role in your immunity. There are lymph vessels that run throughout your entire body with nodes or little septic tanks situated all over your body. So a good example of the connection between your lymph system and your immune system are tonsils. Tonsils are actually lymph nodes. 
The thymus gland, which is part of the endocrine system, also plays a part in the immune system and plays a role in the lymphatic system. The thymus gland produces T lymphocytes, which are part of your immune system. So this helps with making sure that your immune function is working optimally. If there's a hormonal issue regarding your thymus gland, that it's not producing the right hormones efficiently, then the lymph system becomes compromised. A good example of your lymph system and your hormonal system coming together is nostalgia or breast pain. A lot of women experience breast pain just before their periods. In some women, it can be very severe. They actually feel the swelling of their lymph nodes in the sides of the breast, in the underarms. And that's your lymphatic tissue because breast tissue is actually made up of a significant amount of lymphatic tissue. Hormonal fluctuations have been shown to cause lymphatic tissue to swell up. And that's where that nostalgia comes in, the breast pain comes in. Another thing is breast cancer. The lymphatic system, one of its drainage points is next to the breast area in the upper quadrant. And if there is congestion in your lymphatic tissue and you're not draining properly, guess where that goes? Our breast tissue. This is one of the reasons why there's a significant rise in breast cancer. So keeping your lymphatic system flowing is essential for your immunity, for your hormone balance and reducing the risk factor for cancer, especially hormone-related cancers. Unlike the blood, the lymphatic system actually doesn't have some sort of pressurized pump that pushes the lymphatic fluid through the body. So this is done manually. And when I mean manually is moving around, exercise. Unfortunately, in today's world, we are very sedentary. We have jobs that require us to sit all day and then we get home and we sleep. So there's not a lot of movement going on throughout the day. And movement is essential to keep your lymphatic system flowing. Another thing is rebounding. Those little one-man trampolines. Jumping on that a few minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, really stimulates the lymphatic system to, to flow very well and drain easily. There's a guy that I followed for a while, I don't remember his name now, but he healed his cancer. One of the ways that he healed his cancer was through rebounding. He ate well, he looked after himself, and one of the things that he did was rebounding. Another thing is massage, and then dry skin brushing, and using herbs that stimulate lymphatic flow. Herbs like calendula stimulate lymphatic flow. Calendula is actually in our facial steam blend and that was also a deliberate move because one of the things that help with skin health is making sure that your lymphatic system is properly draining. So the facial steamer that's available in Earth and Root Botanicals has calendula and that's one of the herbs that are used as lymphatics or that help with lymphatic drainage. I will link it in the show notes below. Next organ, the liver. If you've followed me long enough or followed Woman Wellness or Naturally Healthy Bawanga, which is my personal page, then you know I've talked about the liver. You know I've talked about how important the liver is to hormone balance, especially in women. It's vital. The liver is not necessarily an organ of elimination, but it processes nearly everything that enters our body. So it is, in that sense, considered an organ of elimination. But the liver does so many things. It is the powerhouse of your body. It transforms foods that you've eaten into energy. 
It detoxifies chemicals from your body. It stores vitamins, minerals, fats, and sugars that need to be sent out to your body wherever there is need. It produces bile, which is necessary for digestion, especially in the breaking down of fats. And then it's also involved in so many other processes. When it comes to hormone balance, the liver regulates our sex hormones, our thyroid hormones, our adrenal hormones. It also transforms and removes excess hormones from the body. So this is essential for hormone balance. Hormone balances with liver congestion or liver sluggishness would look like a low sex drive, estrogen dominance, or PMS. On the issue of estrogen dominance, the liver cannot be ignored. Wherever there's estrogen dominance, the liver must be addressed. Metabolism and detoxification of estrogen is mainly performed in the liver. The process is done in phases, where estrogen is biotransformed, making it from fat-soluble to water-soluble, and then those estrogen metabolites are transported via our bile into our colon for excretion. Citrus fruits turmeric, milk thistle, and bitter herbs in general are fantastic liver detoxifiers and for helping liver function. So whenever there's hormone imbalances, the first place you want to also address is liver health. In connection to liver health, we go straight into bowel health or colon health. And one of my favorite health pioneers of all time, Professor Arnold Ehret, said, if something is wrong with anyone, first look to the gut. And Hippocrates, another fantastic, phenomenal health pioneer, father of medicine, said all diseases begin in the gut. While this might not be 100% accurate, it's still very true. Your gut health is linked to your mental health. It's linked to your emotional health. It's linked to your immunity. It's linked to your reproductive health. It's linked to your sleeping cycles. Your gut health is essential for so many processes, nearly every process in your body. Once you have an ailing gut health, it has a knock-on effect to other systems in your body. In short, your gut is designed to absorb nutrients from the foods that you eat to nourish your body and keep systems going and then also excrete waste that is coming from your body. If you have constipation issues or are not eliminating well, then the risk of your body or your GI tract specifically reabsorbing the toxins and the metabolic waste that your body has deposited into your colon increases. We talked about the liver and biotransformation of estrogen and sending it to the colon via the bile to be excreted. For the estrogen metabolite to be excreted from your colon once it's been dumped there by the liver, it needs fiber. So eating a lot of fiber is not just, you know, something you're told to do in a health thing. It's actually essential for hormonal balance because what fiber does in the small intestine is that it soaks up all the excreted estrogen metabolites which are now water soluble it binds it and then it escorts it out of the body via a bowel elimination a low fiber diet will result in the bile and the estrogen metabolites being reabsorbed back into your body and creating an estrogen burden in the body when it comes to hormonal health Looking after your gastrointestinal tract is just as vital. So again, bitter herbs, high fiber diet, and certain seeds like flax seeds make sure that whatever is being excreted by your liver 
is being efficiently escorted out of your colon. And just a high-fiber diet plays a role in maintaining healthy weight, maintaining healthy blood sugar levels, even clearing your skin because constipation can sometimes show up as acne on your face, again, because of reabsorption of toxins that your body had initially excreted. The main job of the kidney is quite similar to the colon on that kidneys remove liquid waste and excess water. They help to regulate your blood pressure, sodium, potassium, and calcium levels, as well as produce a hormone called erythropoietin, which is used for the production of red blood cells. Notably, your kidneys are responsible for activating vitamin D, which is actually also a hormone, but that's a topic for another day. A weakness or malfunctioning or congestion of the kidneys can show up as high blood pressure, excess tiredness, fluid retention, that's like the swollen hands and feet, and also back pain, lower back pain. As it pertains to hormonal health, kidneys are very much influenced by sex hormones, and there is a high correlation between kidney diseases and hormone imbalances. In fact, estrogen, particularly estradiol, which is one of the types of estrogen, has been shown to have renal protective qualities, which are kidney protective qualities. So having a healthy amount of estradiol in your body actually protects your kidneys. So much so that women who have end-stage kidney disease are also treated with hormone therapy. So that's a very strong correlation between kidney health and hormone balance. In traditional Chinese medicine, they strongly link kidney health to hormonal health and fertility. So in any protocol where there's a fertility issue or hormone issue, there's always some sort of kidney protocol to nourish and tonify the kidneys. A kidney weakness can show up as menstrual disorder or a fertility disorder, as I just mentioned, and it appears to actually impair sex hormone production and function. There was a study done on 100 women with chronic kidney disease. And after a full assessment from a GP to a gynecologist, it revealed that 85% of the women who had chronic kidney disease had menstrual disorders and about 33% of women were postmenopausal and 20% of that 33% were under the age of 40. 85% of the women who had chronic kidney disease had menstrual disorders. This is why when it comes to hormone balancing, you cannot ignore the kidneys. This year alone, I think I mentioned in the last podcast that I have dealt with nearly four women who have premature ovarian insufficiency, all under the age of 35. This is very interesting to me. One of the factors is that nearly all of them had, whether it's kidney infection or bladder infection or a UTI, but they've had something going on with their urinary system. And I don't believe in coincidences. When it comes to kidney health, this is where herbs come and do a fantastic job. Herbs like nettles, herbs like dandelion leaf, these are nourishing and cleansing of the kidneys. But when it comes to kidney herbs, it's important to know the goal before just taking any herbs for your kidneys. Do you need more demulcents to soothe inflammation if there's maybe a UTI issue? Or do you need something tonifying because you just generally have kidney weakness? Because you can get tonifying herbs or diuretics. So it's important to know what it is that you want to achieve before you start taking any herbs for your kidneys. 
And this is one of the advantages of having a woman wellness consultation because we can get to understand your kidney condition as related to your hormonal health that we can make a better recommendation, a more suited recommendation for what you need. And finally, we get to the skin. The skin is also an exit point or an elimination pathway. And it's actually known as the third kidney because it also, through sweat, releases toxins and even acne. Acne is actually your body detoxing itself, which shows up as the pus in your acne. Wherever there's hormonal imbalances, some people experience it as acne as well. A good example of that is during puberty, where teenagers will break out, whether on their faces, their chest, their backs, and even where they break out is actually very telling whether they have a more test more testosterone issue or they have a more estrogen dominant issue. Already at that age, you're able to tell um, which condition that they have been predisposed to in their puberty years. So sometimes I feel sorry for the skin. I feel like it bears the brunt of everything else that goes wrong in the body or everything else that is not working right in the body. Hormones actually affect your skin in a healthy way, can also affect your skin in a negative way. For example, healthy amounts of estrogen contribute to the elasticity and the thickness and the moisture content of our skin. The women who are going into menopause experience a steep decline in estrogen, and this results in drier skin, thinner skin, less elasticity, less thickness, and a loss of collagen. Whereas women who are pregnant, when we talk about the pregnancy glow, it's actually having sufficient levels of progesterone in the body that is causing that glow. Other hormones which contribute to your skin health are melatonin and serotonin, which are your happy hormones. And this is where beauty rest comes in. It's not a myth, it's true. Your melatonin and your serotonin can only be produced in sufficient amounts if you're getting the right amount of rest. Show me a woman who is having a healthy amount of rest, who's sleeping through the night, who's having a wonderful sleep pattern, and show me a woman who deprives herself of sleep. One thing that you'll see is very different is their skin health. One will be radiant, glowing, supple, and even just alert, mentally present, emotionally more stable, Whereas a woman who's sleep deprived is more haggard, her skin is more dull, it's lackluster, and that's a hormonal issue as well. So sleep is just, just as important as being awake. And I think this is also important as it speaks to women's health and our ambitions as women, that this whole thing of hustle hard and stay on top of your game, yes, as women, we do have to work harder to be noticed as much as our male counterparts, but self-love and self-care is just as necessary and will go much longer way than the hustle hard, no sleep, sleep is for losers or sleep is for whatever it is. So remember, take care of yourself. Sleep is not a waste of time. Sleep is essential for your hormone health and for your skin health. In addition to that, eating a nutrient-dense diet, which is rich in antioxidants, so this is your vitamin E's, your citrus fruits, and also phytoestrogens, 
and these are found in fruits like red clover and flaxseed. If you're going to have soy, make sure it's GMO free. That's a dietary approach to maintaining healthy skin and healthy hormonal balance at the same time. So I hope this was informative to helping you understand the importance of opening up your elimination pathways and helping you see the correlation between each exit point and your hormonal balance. Next week, we'll speak specifically on diet, which types of foods are helpful when it comes to detoxing, which type of foods are helpful in terms of regenerating, which type of foods are helpful in terms of balancing hormones. Thanks for tuning in for today's episode. If you'd like to find out more about woman wellness and how you can start to heal yourself by making informed and empowered health decisions, then go ahead and book a consultation on the website. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with another wise woman like yourself. Let's build this sisterhood. I'm your host, Wanga Hanyani, and I'll be back next Wednesday. Be well.